Welcome to Living Your Limitless Life. Your host is Carol DeShane, the founder of Connect to Joy. This program is designed to inspire and motivate you to find your best life. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here is Carol DeShane. Hello, beautiful spirits. Welcome to the show. I'm Carol DeShane, and my passion in life is to help you find your joy, to release what holds you back, and assist you to quantum leap your journey of self-discovery. I'm an intuitive, certified in life and business coaching, and a multidimensional energy light worker. So if you're ready to start creating that life you've always dreamed of, that you deserve, let's have some fun and let's get started right now. Welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about creativity. And my creativity is expressed in everything from theater, singing, dancing, acting, and directing, and that sort of stuff, to creating crafts, to writing speeches, creating this podcast. It's very creative sometimes. And also, of course, my YouTube channel and a bunch of other things, I'm sure. Before we get into anything else, I want to introduce my two guests. You may have heard them here before, and I hope to make them semi-regular guests if I can talk them into it. I've known both of them over 30 years. Nancy, I met in 1980 when her mother was the minister of my church. And Janet, I met in 1988 when we auditioned for Oklahoma together at a local theater. And she was Cass's Lori, and I was Ada Annie. Both ladies have been creative their entire lives, and both, of course, are fabulous singers, which I said last time, and I can't say that enough. Nancy, I'm going to start with, she's not only a wonderful singer, but she plays the sax, the flute, the keyboards, and I'm not sure what else she plays. I'm sure there's a number of other things. She has private piano students, has been in different types of bands on and off most of her life, including one that's a little unusual, which is an Oktoberfest band. She put groups together to perform at Renaissance fairs. She writes some hysterical rewrites to songs with her own words just for fun, and she's helped me do that as well. And she's produced an incredible album, both singing on it and with other talented artists called Faith, Hope, and Love. She's tried her hand at musical theater, is very crafty and incredibly creative when she puts together her class plans for her music students at her elementary school. So meet Nancy DeMello. Thank you, Nancy, for being here. (laughs) Yes, thank you for having me. And my second guest is Janet. She is also, as I said, a wonderful singer. She's also an incredible piano accompanist, has acted and sung in many local theaters over the years, and has been a musical theater director as well. She and her husband moved to a new town and immediately founded a new theater company with another couple where she acted, musical directed, and was on the board. She's now a voice builder and has been for a long time with private voice piano students. She loves coming up with all different sorts of ways to help her students learn. She is an accompanist of two of her local choral groups. She loves to craft and another incredibly creative woman, and that is Janet Rossman. Thank you for coming, you two. Well, thank you. Yes, thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Why don't we start with the definitions that I found online and we can expand from there, maybe add to the definitions because it's a lot more than what you read online. The first one from Google says mm-hmm. it's that creativity, being creative is the use of the imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of an artistic work. 
writing, singing, dancing, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But also dictionary.com, I think has a little more in depth and it says the ability to transcend traditional ideas, rules, patterns, relationships, or the like, and to create meaningful new ideas, forms, methods, interpretations, etc. Originality, progressiveness, or imagination mm-hmm. are the other words they use. You want to add anything to that? I like that second one more. I think it talks about something original because we're all creators, but what our filter and what we see and what we feel, there's nobody else that it's, we're going to be original when we're creating something. I found from Psychology Today back in 1996, <laughs> I, I found a definition saying that creativity creates profound sense of being part of an entity greater Ooh, than ourselves. I like that. And I like that a lot about communication. It provides a connection to something bigger. You know, absolutely. I think that some people get a little too pigeonholed on the word creativity and assume it only means music, art, whatever, right? And really, we are Mm -hmm. all creating every minute of every second of every day in so many different ways, right? Creating energy, creating an environment, creating, drawing things into our lives, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Creating breakfast. Hey, (laughs) yeah. Exactly, right? (laughs) I mean, come on now. Yeah, that's true. It's constant. There are some things that some that we're, have, we're more passionate about or how we really take to some things that we can really reach that feeling that time has stopped. Like I'm thinking about pretty much performing and singing because that's where I have most of my, my experience. But I know that when you're creating something, like if you're creating a full-blooded character for a production, and when you're out there with the audience, you're all creating something. I, I feel like all my pores are open and I'm just taking in, like Nancy says, you know, you're just taking in what's around you, the atmosphere, the energy, and you're taking that and you're creating something of that, that everybody hopefully, in the audience experiences with you and your cast. I mean, that's a really passionate creativity. But like Nancy says, we are doing it all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Maybe. that you, you jumped right into the whole audience thing. Yeah, because as a performer, you may throw out that initial spark of energy and then they grab hold of it and they mm-hmm. amplify it and they send it back to you. And it just becomes this perpetual ball of excitement or... Yeah or sadness or emotion or joy or whatever it is, you know, or fear, whatever Mm -hmm. the performance that we're doing and we're trying to bring them into that we all become connected, which ties in again to your thing about, right? We're all living that experience together and we're all adding our own little bits to it. Not just the performer up there, but the audience is definitely adding as well. Except every once in a while, I know as a director, Mm -hmm. we were told as an actor that sometimes you go, what a dead audience, what's their problem? Well, and the director would go, uh, (laughs) you check your own own energy, you're not really putting it out today. And then you can't have that creativity coming and going in between that energy ball, just sort of dead stops, maybe a foot in front of you and it never makes it to the audience. Anytime that you're being creative... For me, I don't know what kind of feelings that you get, but I kind of get the feelings of, like you said, more expansive. I feel like I'm connected to more people. And sometimes I feel like jumping up and down when things are going well, because the creativity just feels like it's Mm -hmm. flowing so well. And it could be anything. I know inventors probably feel that when you're coming up with a brand new idea. I mean, anything where you use your imagination, and that can be 
like Nancy said, like you just make it, well, or I said, maybe making breakfast or doing whatever. If you do something slightly different or even come up with a new outfit from your closet, put together a new outfit that you never put, worn together before. You add a, a scarf to something you've worn together mm-hmm. 10 times or you shift off and you go, oh, well, this blouse I've never worn with these pants before. Well, that's interesting. It shows I have too big of a closet maybe, but <laughs> it's, it feels good when you come up with something. How do you feel when you are a creative? I think there's a certain amount of that you're still in touch with the kid you used to be. There's like a childhood thing when we were kids and anything was possible. We could see all these things. So it's kind of like this trust and being open to what's happening around you and the possibilities that way. But I think there's definitely, there's still, I was reading more on this article about creative people. It's, it's kind of old, 1996, but they talked a lot about uh, like a naivete or uh, an immaturity even that, you know, you're not afraid to do something that might be kind of goofy or not come across as mature, but that keeps you open to some really great things that you might create. I, I don't know about other people, but I know for me, some of the most rewarding jobs and the jobs I tend to seek out is where I'm making something, right? Either with my hands or with my mind or whatever. I like to have something to show for it, whether it's a performance, whether it's a spreadsheet, whether it's a doghouse, you know, whatever I'm doing, working on building, I like at the end to look at something and go, yeah, I made something. I think that's the reward that goes in with the creative process, right? Knowing that if it hadn't been for you, that would not exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly fun doing it with other people too, because then you almost feel like you're multiplied and and how you're bouncing ideas off of the other people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Collaborative creation is, in my opinion, absolutely the most rewarding and also has the best outcome because you you just sort of ping off of each other. And this idea leads to that idea and leads to that contribution. And and of course, everybody has their own unique contributions to make that you don't possess, right? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, collaboration. And I love doing that with you the other day when you had an idea, you were trying to come up with something for your school and for rewards. And I won't say what it is in case one of them actually ends up listening, (laughs) but but it was really fun to, to help you come up with different ideas for that the reward and what you were going to do and how you were going to work it out. And it was fun to help you. And then for us both to kind of bounce off ideas to see what worked for you and what would work best for your classes. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And when uh, Carol brought this up about, you know, creativity and boom, Nancy, <laughs> thinking about you with your kids, when you're teaching music and all of the, the fantastic ideas that you've come up with, you know, with the, the uniforms or being part of a marching band, you know, or depending upon really getting the kids in, involved. And I was like, okay, I don't think teaching is quite my thing. <laughs> But I just loved because your imagination, you just let your imagination go and you just found all these ideas and maybe you didn't know where they were coming from sometimes, but they came up. And that's the thing about creativity too. It's like if you're doing something or if I I was singing and, and, and something comes up and I go, where did that come from? You know, you think you know yourself. But you're like, well, and Deanna, don't ever say you're not a good teacher, but it's just a different kind of teacher because you, yes, when you have absolutely. people and your students that you have private singing students, when they come up and they're not doing well, or there's something that they could do better, you have all different kinds of ways, thanks to all your teachers and your own imagination that you help them get through and find new ways to perform better or sing better. 
Thank you. Yeah, that's where I get my high. Now, it used to be from performing. And now it's like, if something's not working with a student, that's my favorite creative process now and figuring out things like, oh, that's not working. Okay, let's try this. It's challenging. I feel alive. You know, when you're doing that kind of creativity, you're in the moment. Time stops. You don't look at the clock unless you're really having a hard time (laughs) going. This lesson almost (laughs) over. (laughs) But it's like all of a sudden it's time to be over because you're just so completely involved, you know, your whole being. And it's exciting. It's very energizing. I wanted to swing back around to the whole inspiration. You just sort of barely tapped on it and I, and I wanted to come back around. So I think that a huge, huge part of creating anything is inspiration. And people are like, well, where does that come from? And I, years and years and years ago, I saw Michael Jackson being interviewed and someone asked him, you know, where, where do these ideas for these amazing songs come from or whatever? And he says, well, actually I have almost nothing to do with it. It's created in space. It's God's work, not mine. And, you know, I don't care what label you put on it, but yes, I absolutely 1000% believe that there is a creative force, if you will, that exists in the Mm -hmm. universe that is undeniable. and, And you have to figure out how to tap into that. And when you can do that is when you really can get, you know, whether it's your intuition with the person you're working with, whether it's like out of the blue and you're like, well, this is like you said, whoa, where did that come from? You know, or (laughs) I mean, I... I don't want to get too spiritual, metaphysical or whatever, but I just really feel like there is a force out there where everything sort of is just waiting to be put together, all that little atoms and and made into something beautiful, right? I've read in the past, there's like, I don't know if it was Mozart or someone else that said he didn't really write any of it. It just came in and he knew the whole thing and he'd just play it or he'd just write it all out. And I know someone personally that is an arranger, he can write the line all the way down for every single one of the instruments. He doesn't write one instrument and then write the next one. He writes measure by measure for every single instrument in the band or orchestra as he goes because he can see it all. Wow. All in where that comes from. He, yeah, he's very linear and he write, he does think that way, but that's ridiculously creative and imaginative to be able to hear all that and all those different instruments at the same time and know exactly where they're supposed to be in every single stupid staff that you've got, you know, <laughs> different the clefts and everything. It's like, what? And I've heard his arrangements, they're amazing. So different people wow. have different ways of using their imagination and hooking into that beyond or whatever. And if it's not mm-hmm. you're going to talk about spiritual stuff, where would you yeah. do it? That's fine with me. Oh, <laughs> it's all about living a limitless life. And if I wouldn't have called it that, if it shouldn't have been talking about anything spiritual. I mean, I don't okay. necessarily talk about specifics when it comes to this God versus yeah. that God or this belief versus that belief. But definitely the great beyond is wherever it is to everybody. And there is mm-hmm. some kind of connection because many, many people, constantly say that writers say it. I don't know how I got this information. It just came to me. And some people use the word channel, but it's really more than that. It feels like it's just it's almost like a download if you get the whole thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, okay, I got it. Wait, let me, yeah. let me put myself in gear and just sort of not forget any of it as I'm letting it flow. Yeah, I really believe that too, that you, you open up and, and it comes and you surprise yourself where some of these things come from. But what I'd also like to involve too with this is there's a lot of hard work. I mean, a lot of dedication, a lot of a lot of time put into your art or whatever you're doing. You become good at it through a lot of practice. If you, you love it. Um, I was thinking when you mentioned Mozart, you know, and how it probably these things just came to him from 
the glorious heaven above. But he worked really hard when he was a kid, you know, and and continued to really become a a great musician, learning about music theory. We all know on stage, you know, how much work goes into how many hours of rehearsal and everything that we do to create that person. And then I always think of ballet because I think about Rudolf Nureyev, who was one of my favorite, and how his technique was so good. You get your technique so good that then you are really free to create because you're not worried well, can I do this? No, you know you can do it. So then you've really opened yourself up to really create. Yeah, it's practice for sure. I remember Thomas Edison and they said, well, you failed, was it 999 dimes or however many times he took it before? He said, no, I found 999 ways how it didn't work. And then it worked. (laughs) Otherwise we'd all be sitting around the dark or somebody else would have figured it out, but still. (laughs) So, I mean, like I said before, there's so many different ways to use your creativity. And even finding a new way to do a spreadsheet to make your time more valuable. And at least two of us here that did a lot of spreadsheets over our lives. <laughs> have you been a spreadsheet queen like Nancy and I have been? Yeah. Any way that you can find to make your life easier, just even shortcutting something that you've done for years is an imaginative, creative way mm-hmm. of shifting what you're doing. So how do you find right. that being creative makes your life better? I think, well, from a singing point of view to the connection the connection with more people, the their energy and what it creates, the bigger thing that it creates. But it's like taking that leap of faith. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's really exciting when you take that leap and go, oh, I didn't fall <laughs> down the crevasse. And things are bigger. The, the world is more interesting. Life is more exciting. And just that, that connection with people, the connection with a higher being or, or force. It's just a high. I think for me, it taps into my life purpose. I do believe that we all have a certain degree of life purpose. For some people, it's raising beautiful children. For other people, it's building magnificent buildings. For me, the process of creating is my life purpose. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have been given the ability and the opportunities to do so, right? And it was just my, fortunately, I made a wise choice. And following those sort of impulses and moving forward with that sort of a thing. And yeah, it it gives your life meaning. Why why are you here? What are you doing? And for me, that's a huge part. Mm -hmm. Of course, my life is multifaceted, but that definitely is a huge part, I feel, of why I'm here. Well, it makes me feel more fulfilled when, you know, when I actually aim in that Uh direction, like, well, what am I going to do? And then I look at what I create. And sometimes it's not always the best thing the first time you try. (laughs) So like you said, Janet, you have to keep practicing. But I know that I also feel more connected Uh to people, whether it's with my acting or my singing or the podcasting, or when I do life coaching with people or even reading intuitively, it feels like I'm reaching to a higher place and then I'm able to connect with people better. Uh And I also, it's interesting how self-confidence levels I think can go up when you're working with creativity, because it just feels like, oh, like another plateau is reached and oh, I can do this. And oh, what about that? And it really feels like it, mm-hmm. you know, for me that that's the sort of thing that I, I feel better about myself every time that I come up with new ideas or maybe they're not new, but they're new to me. <laughs> maybe there are you know, 20 million other people may know it, but to me, it's like, oh, oh my God, I hadn't thought of that before. This really works for me. I really love that. Yeah. And it's that, that positive energy to having a positive state of mind, you know, as opposed to after these difficult times, you know, and with the the pandemic to keep up and keep open and you're going to get creative from positive feelings or a positive 
way of looking at things. It's going to be harder if you're feeling negative about things. It's harder to feel creative or to have that energy. I think TikTok is really a nice thing that people have come up with because when you're bored and you're at home and you're stuck, you can see all those things that people Mm -hmm. were so creative and some of the things they put together on there. I mean, I'm not even on TikTok and I saw some of it on TV where they were re-showing it when I was stuck at home myself. So Mm -hmm. I think you had a much better time at being so to speak, stay at home order thing when you had the chance to find new ways to do things or to enjoy things and maybe in a different way. And even that's being creative. What about when people get stuck? Because so many people say, I'm not creative. When people get stuck, like that old writer's block thing, maybe people have 100% writer's block and feel like they're never creative. What would you tell people to do if they feel like they're stuck? I actually, I'm going to jump in on this one. There is a Good. season for everything. You cannot be awake 24-7. You're going to hit burnout. And I think one thing that people miss out on is they feel like they have to be creative constantly and quote unquote on demand. But there's a time for our bodies and our creative forces to rest as well. And a lot of times people resist that and or get depressed about that or anxious about it or whatever. And I've been here quite a number of years now. And I've realized that just like the sleep cycles, like the nature cycles, winter, spring, summer, fall, that's how it goes. And you just have to relax into it. And during those downtimes and know that it's part of the pattern and that it's perfectly okay. And that it will come back around. Stay well, enjoy the season, enjoy the rest of not having to mow and garden during the winter, you know, the quiet time or whatever, or the nighttime, the quiet of the night. Specifically for me, I mean, I totally agree with you. And sometimes you need to get up and walk around, even if it's just for five minutes. If you're, you have a deadline or something, you need to get up and jump up and down or dance or move out or walk, go for a walk, or even though you have a deadline, because sometimes you just need that time to clear your mind. And sometimes it's, you can be longer, but if you do have some sort of, I got to do it now feeling, even just getting up and walking around or doing something totally different so you can stop thinking about it, all of a sudden you can have the, oh, wait a minute run back to your, I was going to say typewriter, shows how old I am. <laughs> run back to wherever <laughs> to, oh to type it back in or to, to write something out by hand or to whatever you're doing to go, oh my God, wait. And the other thing I do is I quiet my mind and then I just ask for clarity. Sometimes I don't have the immediate response, then I have to just pay attention. And like I've always said, if anybody's ever listened to my podcasts, it's like, things will come. The, the answer to a prayer doesn't come necessarily in the prayer. It comes out later if you're still paying attention. So you just need to ask for what you want. Say, I, I need this answer to this. Okay, fine. And then you go, okay, I'm ready. Let me know. I walk away and that's when I get the answer normally. Sometimes I have a brilliant, a brilliant idea, of course, because it's my idea. It's not my idea, actually. <laughs> but the brilliant idea comes to you and you're going, ah. And then other times somebody else says something and you go, wait, that actually is perfect for what I was working on. Hold on. I'll be right back. I'll write that down. But Janet, you? Yeah, I really agree with that. You know, just kind of chilling out and knowing that this is all part of the pattern. I think that's so, so observant. And I know I I learned this from a wonderful teacher's aide assistant when I was taking astronomy at uh, University of Washington. And it was just a very basic course because the teacher didn't want us to become astronomers because time was too hard to get at (laughs) at the observatories. But it was like, no problem. But with such, when you have a big thing like that, or you've got to get something done, I learned from this uh, TA that just start, just, just do something, just start someplace. It may not be, and we, Carol, you and I learned this from Bernard too, just start where you are. I don't know if that really applies to writing a book or, you know, a deadline that way, but just do something. 
and like do something else or just start. But I had this wonderful friend that would buy different color ornaments in each year for her Christmas tree. Ah, God, she was great. And so she would have all this beautiful, you know, she would buy all the ornaments. It was going to be this color this year. And then I guess we're getting into perfection a little bit here. She, she never did it because she didn't know where to start. The ornaments would stay in the boxes because she didn't know because it had to be perfect. This tree had to be perfect. I'm getting kind of off the subject here, but um, you just, just as Bernard too would say, splash. For those listening, Bernard was our singing teacher we had in common. 90 year old gentleman with lots of wisdom. It's like, I just want to throw in, I used to have a commute that was about an hour long and a good portion of the commute was kind of out in the country, the middle of nowhere. I, I found that with just enough input emulation, right? But not too much, it sort of would get things going, right? So just the fact of driving past the beauty, it really helped to open things up and to get sort of the brain moving. And that I think that kind of ties into your, Carol, just get up and move around a little bit. Physical mm-hmm. movement and just, just enough of the beauty passing me by kind of stimulated the brain enough to kind of get things flowing, so to speak. Um, just get that water moving without being too much. Of course, yeah. you don't want too much stimulation because then it's distracting, right? But I would always find that if I it, mm-hmm. You can take a walk, you can take a drive, whatever. And then sometimes that helps to unblock things as well. I remember when I was writing uh, my blog and I had to write a bunch of them because I always like to do a bunch at a time. And I was driving to work, as you said, driving to work, only mine is a lot of traffic and a lot of stimulus when I, before the, uh, or COVID anyway, <laughs> there was a lot and I was going across the bridge and everything. And I would just go, okay, today I'm not going to listen to any music. I'm not going to listen to any audiobooks. I'm just going to come up with ideas for blogs, see what happens. And the more you do something, the more ideas you get, the more you practice being creative, (laughs) the more you think, okay, well, and all of a sudden your Mm -hmm. brain will start clicking in. And I I would look at, I said, today I'm going to look at all of the, the signs and see if any of them come up with something. So I would go merging traffic. Oh, what happens when you merge with someone else? What happens when you your your life bumps into somebody? So it's like, oh, that sounds like an interesting blog. And the next one was going to be, was another sign that said, stop. Oh, what happens when you, when do you need to stop with your life and, and take a breath and really think? And it was like, whoa, I'm getting all these ideas from stupid signs up here. Life is filled with ideas. You just have to be open to it for whatever you're doing. And also just to remember that everybody's creative. You don't have to be in the arts to be creative. And I think that's a huge thing because people just, they so pigeonhole themselves into believing that you have to be in the arts and therefore I'm not creative. Mm -hmm. I know my sister always says, I'm not the creative one. I'm not creative. You're creative. And I went, "Uh, Diane, you're creative in a different way than I am. Oh my. It just doesn't have to be the same way as everybody else's. Oh my Lord. The way she made quilts and the art and the time and the expertise. Oh my God. Well, and to her, that wasn't it. You know, that was creative, creative. the same kind of creative. That's why I saw a lot of people go just for the arts. And that is sort of the arts as well as a craft, but it's still an art. She got better and better the more she practiced. At first, she was right. I have to admit her ideas for what colors went together was a little cacophony. It was kind of like, oh my God. (laughs) But the more, and then I didn't see her stuff for a few years. And I saw it later and I went, oh my God, she has changed so much. She has really learned. She's really made it an art. So it was her growing from mm-hmm. it. And that's when I kept telling her, stop it. You are so creative. You just don't, just because you don't sing doesn't mean you aren't creative. You know, do what I do doesn't mean you're not creative. It's something different. So I want to, I'm kind of beating everybody up out there to say, stop, stop doing that to yourself. <laughs> I'm going to smack you upside the head. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> you are too creative. You, if you have an imagination about anything, even if it's just about daydreaming, you're being creative. It's good to make it a reality, but even that, you're practicing. 
another thing there there's a couple mm-hmm. of different ways that I also get unstuck. The internet is an amazing, never ending tool, right? And oh, yeah. it never ceases to yeah. blow my mind what bounces me from this to that to the other, which I also sometimes think, oh, that had to be some sort of divine intervention, right? <laughs> <laughs> How did that site happen to just pop up, right? I mean, it's just... And writing things down, just start writing some ideas down. Talking to someone about your ideas also really helps to solidify. So there's so many ways to get unstuck and to start that creative process going that it's it's just, uh, it's an amazing world we live in right now. And the big thing I think to remember is Mm -hmm. don't just sit there and whack, like I said, whack yourself upside the head going, I can't, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Do something, look up something, talk to somebody, get out of your head and stop being that almost like that wheel, the hamster on the wheel going in circles, trying to figure something out when your brain can't break out of it. Breathe, do something, try different things. That Because all different ideas are good, but it doesn't mean it'll work for you. I want to throw something back to you at you, Carol. And I know this is not necessarily supposed to be a like promote you or whatever, but you are a fabulous, inspiring, guiding, directing force when it comes to me trying to sort out what to do about or how to get started with something or how to move forward with something or to even just define what it is that I want. And I think Janet will chime in with me on that, right? Isn't she just amazing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we, yeah. We, for the listeners out there who don't know that I, I actually have hired, even though she's my best friend, but I've actually hired her a number of times to, to help me move forward with some things in my life, variety of things. When I sit here on my own and try to go, well, how do I feel about that? Or what can I do about that? Or where do I start or whatever? I, I always am kind of like, uh, can't go any further. And, and then I give Carol a call and she just magically gets things in motion and, and helps me focus and pinpoint mm-hmm. and figure out and take action. Right. And it's like, woohoo. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a real fun journey for sure. Because your imagination, you're really good at processing things. So it takes you a little while sometimes when you feel like you're stuck. And then when you, the ball starts rolling, it's like, oh, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. never mind. You can stop talking now. <laughs> so I just need to get you starting rolling. And yeah. thank you so much for the, the advertisement, I guess. But it yeah. feels like it's really fun to work with people who are like that who can actually process and they want to get better and they want to, not better as in other people, the way you judge yourself, but just feel like you're more your true self so that you can break out of stuff that's holding you back. And Mm -hmm. I love when people are willing to do that and they're ready to process things. And that's kind of where you were each time that we talked about those things. So it was really fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I know that Carol helped me. She got me just focused more on what I wanted, where I wanted to go. She just got me really thinking on that. So after nine years at a law firm where I love the people, they were great. Everybody was great, but it, it just was never something that I really enjoyed doing. She got me thinking about, well, what do you want to do? And just anyway, I ended up now I teach voice, but that wouldn't have happened. And what was so great about Carol too, is she gives, she gives you the tools, make it happen, gets you focused enough. I was the same way, Nancy. I was like, well, where do I start? How do I, I start doing this? Where, what am I doing? And then bingo, you know, it's like plug it <laughs> bingo, 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 yeah. Here's, let me help you with this. <laughs> but it's very, very true. Uh, Carol hmm. has a special, you have I a special so. talent. I think life coaches, they're a real treasure. You know, certain people, and you have to find the right one to work with you, oh. that it's a really good idea and mm-hmm. someone if you want to go outside yourself or outside the loved ones you have, because sometimes you need somebody who's a little, who's willing to be more objective. And if I put on that hat, I can do it uh-huh. easier, even because even if I have a, a history with people where some people have a little orange issue trying to step yeah. back, especially if you weren't trained in how to, to do the coaching stuff. 
Well, thank you for bringing that up. That was very sweet of you. I'm glad Nancy did because it's really true. And that's one thing that you can switch over to, which you go from friendship to focus in. Well, and it helps you be more, to go back to creative, to be more creative for your life to get you thinking Mm -hmm. and and how to go ahead and do that. So let me ask you, kids, I'm getting embarrassed, Um, (laughs) this story or maybe two, when you (laughs) felt your most creative. Do you have any of those you want me to start or what do you think? Well, why don't you start, Carol? We've been talking a lot. I want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) I have two that I came up with. Good idea. And one is whenever I do craft projects, I have to admit I mess up. And no, who me? Well, I either cut it wrong or I sew it wrong or I do something really stupid and I can't fix it exactly the way it's supposed to be. So I look at it, I take a deep breath and I go, okay, now what do I do? I don't want to redo it. Maybe I've cut a lot of material or something. And I think, hmm, and almost, not every time, but almost every time it comes out either fine or better than the way I started. And because somehow the creativity juices just kick in and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, look at this. This is actually sellable if I'm doing it to sell for, or I can give it as a gift because it actually works. So maybe I like it so much because it's so different. Maybe I've even created a new pattern for something because I'm going, wait, this is great. This works really well. And it's different. So I'm always really happy when that happens. And the other one had a show that I directed called Almost Maine, and I had six actors and each one approached acting in a totally different way. (laughs) So I had to really talk to each one differently. I had to really think about Hmm, how is this going to be working for each one? How about you? Can you think of anything now? I'll just go back and touch on um, on the one, the many things that you actually helped me with. So when I first switched from uh, working in the university environment, doing grants and contracts and wearing you know, things like that, to being a music teacher at school, I, I knew that summertime was coming up and that I wasn't going to have anything to do. And I, being the A-type personality, I wanted something to do. And So that was when I talked to you and I mean, really starting from nothing, right? Well, what can you do? How big? How small? What what exactly? And you really helped me figure out, oh, we're going to do three classes a day, one and a couple of hours in the afternoon. Should it be a two week intensive, whatever? And we did, we ended up doing art, musical theater and music and different students signed up for different classes and sometimes the students there were all day and sometimes they just came for the one and the fact that you helped me figure out okay I'm going to need to hire someone to help me teach the art even though I had all my own ideas I just didn't have the confidence and but even even stepping back further was like just coming up with that idea and then coming up with a location and and advertisement and how do I price it out and all that sort of stuff. And at the end, you know, we had all these parents and grandparents there coming and watching these kids do their musical theater and performances and their art displays. And it was just like, you know, I was like, like, oh man, I mean, it just, there's something just super fantabulous about putting together that kind of stuff. And honestly, I I was so lost on my own without your help, Carol, I really wouldn't have known and I wouldn't have had the self-confidence. And that was the greatest thing about collaborating on that with you, even though you weren't here in the same state to actually do it with me, um, you still helped me just sort of shape it up and form it up into something. And it was, it was a thing of beauty and it was amazing. And I still have people asking me all the time, aren't you going to do it again? Aren't you going to do it again? But you know, I did it two years and then, and then COVID hit. And so now I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but yeah, the kids loved it. And it's, you're creating opportunities and you're creating life experiences sometimes for other people that just, if you hadn't stepped out on that ledge and taken that chance, right? 
these other people wouldn't have had that experience. And I remember back when I was a kid, when I was given those opportunities and those experiences, that's part of what shaped me and, and how I went into the industry and my future and whatever. And so it's just, it's just so important. It's that whole ripple effect. Everything we do impacts people and you just don't even realize it and your whole life. And so I imagine in a few short years here, when I look back on my life, <laughs> it's almost over. And, and I, you know, and I think, wow, to even the things that, that maybe I didn't, wasn't aware of how that ripple effect uh, affected this person, which touched that person, which touched that person. And Janet, are you, do you have a story that you wanted to tell us about a time that you felt the most creative that felt really good to you? Well, um, yeah, there's always the stage thing and there's always every day. I mean, when I'm teaching, when I'm working with a student, it's just like, you know, what's out there and trying to figure that out, what possibilities and what are we going to do here or what what would be a good idea? But one thing I'm really happy about and with what Nancy was saying too, is my husband, Bob, and I joined a group of people, God, back in 2009 to start a theater company up here because there wasn't a regular, there was a professional company, but there wasn't really a community theater that was doing musicals and things. And because of our lives and what theater has given us and grown us into the people that we are, we wanted to have that out there for other people to learn, young people to learn about too. And so the first thing we did basically was we did the sound of music and I was, I would play the piano sometimes or help audition, but it was an ensemble effort. And we created this, we had a hundred people come out for our first show for uh, sound of music. It was just like, yes, people want to do this up here. And so we've been doing this for 10, 11, 12 years, doing three shows a year and just doing different things. You know, I've been doing a lot of house managing because Bob's been directing or he's been on stage and creating that and with the, the whole community to have that experience that made us so happy and continues to, if there's a show going on, that that richness, it just felt really good to, to see that happen. Of course, now we're all closed down because of COVID, but we're going to be coming back. That's been a real high. And like, like Nancy said, something to look at and go, we made that. We were part of that. We were part of creating that. And a Gulu plug, it's Sierra State. <laughs> we do one big musical in the summer and two other shows on each side. But yeah, we were just fortunate. It was like a Camelot moment where we came together with people that had the same dream and had the talents to go with that and make that happen. It's just amazing. We found out that uh, in this small community, how deep the artistry goes. There's so much talent in these tiny little places. It's just, it's just amazing. And that's one thing we didn't want to have people from the outside. We wanted to use, have a real community. So that's a high. Yeah. That little Grass Valley, Nevada city is a beautiful, beautiful area. Up yeah, there. it really is. So is there anything that you'd like to share to help people maybe find that creative spark before we wind down the show? Hmm. Let's talk about passion. Yeah, I hate to go back to Michael Jackson again, but I, even though I had heard that years and years ago, I went ahead and pulled it up to see if I could find it. And sure enough, it was right there at my fingertips on the internet. And they showed him even from a young child saying, well, I, I don't sing about things that I don't feel or believe in or love. And then later in his life, you know, he's like, well, I have to put my whole heart into it and et cetera. I just think that having a passion for it is really paramount. I just think that there has to be heart. There has to be an emotional connection to it. There has to be, in order to sort of get those things flowing, there has to be an openness, right? You just have to open yourself up and know that 
and keep your eyes open, your eyes and ears open, right? Because there's stuff all around you being sent to you. Be brave and and don't uh, be sort of putting that bushel over your basket, your basket over your light. (laughs) (laughs) Hide your light beneath the bushel, I think is the thing. Oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just have to be brave and, and put it out there, right? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I think that was what you were trying to say with the, about Bernard, just splash, so open your mouth and let it out. And uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it sounds good or not the first time, it, you know, it, it's a place to start and then you kind of figure out how to perfect it, how to beautify it from there. And I, I watched a few people doing some weird painting techniques lately where basically they're just sort of squirting paint onto this canvas, right? Instead of taking the brush and brush, 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 they put all these blobs of paint onto the canvas and then they they do something like take a squeegee and wipe it down or give it a little spin or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, it's beautiful. It's art, right? I had no idea where they were going with it to begin with. And they had to, you have to start somewhere, right? And, and not every creation is going to be glorious, but you just, you have to start somewhere. I agree with Nancy. Just is having that openness, being open, what excites you. And if you're down, you're probably like, well, I don't know. I'm probably not feeling excited about anything. But when you do have those moments, you know, when you go, wow, something that you've seen, a performance you've seen, or a book you've read, a talk, a discussion that you've had, what gets you feeling alive and excited? And it's just like that. You just be brave and start. Because Bernard would also tell us there's no bad start. You just start. And then you keep working at it and you get better, better and better. And then you can really show what you have inside to give, what your gift, Mm -hmm. what your gifts are. And for me, I find that sometimes people don't even know what their sparks are, what the creative, where they're good at. So, I mean, I've recommended to people before to look online for classes in your area, for meetups, for anything that speaks to you at all. And then going and talking to other people and just hanging out Mm -hmm. and seeing if you you go up, wasn't that good. Then you learn something. It's not that area. Then you try the next one and you, or maybe uh-huh. a dance class or whatever. It doesn't have to be something you would think of as creative. It's just something, maybe it's a photography thing that you want to do. And everybody has cameras now on their phone. It seems like if you want to know uh-huh. how to do a better job, you might be able to find a class in that. And then you might get all excited and all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. creating these amazing things. It doesn't have to be something you already know that you right. have. The spark may be really quiet. <laughs> maybe something you have to, t- to kind of nurture and say, okay, what is that? Oh my God, maybe you're going to birth something new because you don't even know that you have that ability in yourself. Whether, like I said, a new spreadsheet, yeah. that that's what you do. Maybe you're CPA and you discover the best way to do something nobody's ever heard of before. And maybe you even sell it and people go, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know. It could be anything. It could be mm-hmm. a new way of doing the light bulb and it could be a new great bestseller. So I just, I don't want people to be too hard on themselves yeah. realizing that they don't know what they don't know. Haven't yet figured it out yet, mm-hmm. whether you're yeah. 10 or you're 80 or 90, you may not know it yet. Maybe your best self, you haven't figured out when you start mm-hmm. searching around a little bit, then, you know, giving yourself more credit for having that creative spark that you may not know, then you'll be more likely to find it. Yeah, not, not everybody's a child prodigy. And I, I have noticed that there are phases in our lives. And sometimes when we're raising our family or whatever, that's a certain phase and our attention needs to be on something while we're doing that. And it, I've known so many people that once their kids get sort of self-sufficient, whatever, whether that's 15 or 35 years old, then all of a sudden their life takes this radical change and all these new opportunities and things they didn't even know they had a, a talent in. I mean, 
Carol, I don't think you've been a life coach since you were 20. No, <laughs> no. I'm a life coach later in life, right? And I did not become a music teacher when I was 20. No, I became a music teacher <clears throat> when I was 50. Um, but, you know, I mean, seriously, you know, <laughs> and now I didn't do anything else, honestly, right? And so, so I think just because you haven't didn't start out with it as a five-year-old or whatever does not mean that there isn't something out there for you. I know a very famous songwriter here locally who writes an amazing amount of music for the church. She didn't write her first song until she was 40 years old. She did not write her first song until she was 40. And wow. and now, you know, her songs are all over out here. She's got an amazing story. She really does. So yeah, so so don't write, wow. don't write yourself off. Forget that old saying, can't teach an old dog new tricks because uh, I think sometimes like different times for different things in our lives. And the only time you can't teach an old dog is when they won't open their mind up to other possibilities. You know, I was thinking about this too, because I mean, this is music because it's just basically what I've been in that world. And I studied with Mady Bacon for a while who originated the San Francisco Boys Chorus for the opera. I remember I was studying voice with her and she was such a force of nature. And I remember saying to her, Oh, maybe you always knew what you were going to do. I mean, she was a conductor. She was a pianist. She was an educator. And she was mad. She says, there's no way. She said, I hated playing the piano when, you know, my mother forced me to take lessons. And anyway, she didn't get started in this until she was asked in 1948, I think. She was like early 40s, maybe 41. And she found that she had this gift. Started this boy's chorus, which is taken off and is there, you know, big part of the San Francisco opera. But she didn't know at the time. She said that when she was back in college, she had like a little madrigal group. And that was fun. They would just get together and sing. And then she realized, hey, this is fun, fun directing, doing this. But she didn't know until she knew. And it was like that time in her life. But 41 is like, that's a puppy now. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up the show? It's been fun. <laughs> Maybe I grew a few brain cells. Thank you. <laughs> well, in that case, I want to thank both Nancy and Janet for being here with me today. And also, if you want to contact them, their information will be in the episode description, just like mine will be. Thank you again. Great. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Yes. Good to see you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Connect with me on Facebook or by email with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to be a guest, give me a shout out and I'll send you an application. Until next week, remember, you are already enough to have that joyful, limitless life that you desire. You are tuned in to Living Your Limitless Life. Do you want to know more? Visit host Carol DeShane's website at connect the number two joy.com. <laughs>